Welcome to our online service for Renewal. My name is Adri, and I'm so glad you're spending time with us today. Today, you'll hear from Pastor Jared and our worship team. We hope that you leave encouraged and changed for the better. Before that, I'd like to share a few ways that you can get connected during and after service. During the service, you can engage with others in our online community by introducing yourself and sharing where you're from, sending likes when you hear something you agree with, requesting prayer, following along with the message notes, or filling out the connection card at any time. Keep a lookout for the online hosts because they'll share helpful information and get you whatever you need. We're here to help you grow and to take the next right step. So be sure to fill out the online connection card so we can stay in touch with you throughout the week. If you'd like to give, you can go to renewalchurchboston.com give to give at any point. We believe the church is God's people gathered and we're excited to see God work in and through you. Our worship team is about to start. And after the talk from Pastor Jared, I'll be back to share more about next steps. Enjoy the service. Hey, what's up church? We're so thankful that you're here with us today. Do me a favor, share the link that's above. Friend with friends, family, anybody you know from work, just everybody you know, just share the link. We wanna get this word out to as many people as we can. We have this unique um, responsibility and capability to spread the word further than we were before. So do us a favor, share that link. And uh, let's worship. Oh, 
creation sing Let every heart, let every tongue Lift up one voice All creation sing Let earth resound With heaven's praise And with one voice All creation sing
Your name is great and your heart is kind For all your goodness I will keep on singing Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find today, tomorrow, and forever, we worship your holy name. God, I pray that you help us to live in your image, to live in your likeness, to live in your example, in words and in deeds. God, I pray that you help to guide our tongues, even in the difficult times when we want to say things. God, I pray that you help us restrain God, I thank you that you're with us. And I thank you that you have what's best for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, welcome to Renewal. We're so glad that you could join us today. Pastor Jared is going to come and share a brief message with us. But before he does, we wanted to share some information with you. You know... Our world and our country right now seems so out of whack and it seems like things just don't make any sense. But as believers, we know that we can cling to the hope found in Jesus. And so we would love to be able to spread that hope and that love and that light with as many people as possible because we know that our world needs that. 
And so take some time right now, go through your phone, find at least one person that you can share the link to our online service so that we can share with them the hope that is found in Jesus. After the service today, we will be having our online Zoom after party and we would love to see you there. So after the service, our online chat host will be posting a link on the chat box. So go ahead and click that link after the service and come say hi, see some friendly faces and let us know how you're doing. We would love to see you there. Every week we ask that every single person fill out our online connection card. This way we know who's here and we know how we can help you take that next step in your journey of faith. Because we know that we all are always on this journey and have a next step to take. You can also let us know how we can pray for you through that online connection card. You know, I've been in Boston for about two years, and in that time, I've seen so many people coming and going. And that's what happens in a big city like Boston. But if you are leaving Boston this year in 2020, or if you've already left because of COVID-19, we would love to be able to send you some love through that transition. So send us a text uh, to the following number and we'll go ahead and share more information with you and get you something in the mail. That number is 617-297-9446. You can text the word alum to that number. We would love to be able to send you something in the mail. It's a mystery, I don't know what it is, but uh, we just would love to be able to love you and serve you in that time because we all know that transitions can be rocky and they can be tough. So help us to love on you uh, during that time. We've been, as a church, going through a series called Triumph Through Trials, and we've been studying the book of James. Today, Pastor Jared is going to share more about the power of words over the direction of our lives. So before he joins us, let's spend some time in prayer. God, thank you so much that you are our ultimate provider, God, that you are our healer, God, that you love us, God, and that you want to have a relationship with us. God, we pray that as we listen to this message, that Holy Spirit, you would work in our hearts to transform us, to renew us, to make us more like Jesus. God, thank you for the power of words. Thank you that we get to speak life, that we get to speak love, God, that we get to um, just learn more of who you are, God. And through that, may it transform us and draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey friends, I'm Jared Kirk. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm the lead pastor of Renewal Church. In fact, I wanna invite you to take just a second now and share this link wherever you are. Put it on Facebook, put it in your bio on Instagram and send it around because I know there's still a lot of people who could use a little bit of hope in our world right now. In fact, there's a lot of people who could use a sense of peace and hope and stability. So make sure you share this link every single week. Now I wanna start off today by asking you a question and it's very simple. 
Have your words ever gotten you in trouble? I know that is the story of my life. I talk a lot. I kind of talk for a living. And so it is so easy for my words to get me in trouble. Or maybe, maybe your words have gotten somebody else in trouble. Here's an adorable clip of a little girl who does exactly that. Take a look. What do you want to be for Halloween? A wombie. A wombie? Uh-huh. What's a wombie? It's a kind of a the Walking Dead. The Walking Dead? I told you. How do you know about The Walking Dead? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it, actually. Who do you watch it with? Um, I didn't watch it. I watched Mickey Mouse. You watched Mickey Mouse? Oh, I did. <laughs> that is so cute. And a little lie can get you in a little bit of trouble, but a big lie can have major impact, it could prolong a war for decades. In fact, that's exactly what happened. During the height of the Cold War, President Eisenhower was sending U-2 spy planes over Soviet airspace. And it was thought that these U-2 planes flew so high that they couldn't be shot down. That was until May 1st, 1960s. The Russians shot down one in their airspace and they accused the Americans publicly of spying on them and lying to them. Now, President Eisenhower had a choice to make. He could come clean and admit what he was doing, or he could lie about it and say it was a, a NASA weather mission that had gone seriously off course, and he chose to lie. What he didn't know that was that the pilot of the plane, Francis Gary Powers, had parachuted down safely, but then been captured by the Russians, and he was wearing his full military uniform. And so when President Eisenhower said we weren't spying, the Russians provided proof for the whole world to see that President Eisenhower was lying with his words. And the president's, um, his credibility was irreparably damaged, but even worse, in just two weeks after that incident, there was a summit between the USSR and the Western powers. And there was a chance to ratchet down the tensions and shorten the Cold War. And that chance evaporated because of words. The Paris summit was a failure largely because of words. Man, words have power, don't they? We don't have to be involved in international politics to know that our words have powers. We've all learned that the hard way. Most of us have lost a relationship in our life at some point because of our words. Words can cost you a job. Words can cost you a marriage. Some of you, your words are costing you your marriage right now. Words can cost you a relationship with a child. Words can end you in prison. Words can get you a lawsuit. Our words are powerful. They're powerful in a negative way, but they're also powerful in a positive way. And if you can find how to, how to channel your words into positive, life-giving things, when you change your words, you change the direction of your life. Think about that. When you change your words, you change the direction of your life. They are that powerful. Now, We've been in a teaching series today, together called Triumph Through Trials, and we're looking at this letter that was written by a man named James, and that, James was actually Jesus' brother, and James didn't follow Jesus during Jesus' earthly ministry, but when Jesus rose from the dead, it really shifted something in James' perspective, and he became a leader of the earliest church. Now, James was writing to these first Christians, and we think James was the first written letter of the New Testament. And he's writing this letter to these first Christians, and they were scattered because they were being persecuted. Now, 
But what he wants to write to them is to help them have the kind of faith that can get them through difficult times. And so as he writes this letter, we gain a faith that can help get us through difficult times. And you say, okay, well, if they're dealing with persecution, why is he talking about words? And it's really simple. When times get tough, words get harsh. That's just the truth. We wish it was some other way. We wish that didn't happen with us. We wish that wasn't true over us. But when words, when times get tough, words get harsh. And the more tempted we are, the more pressed we are, the more life heats up around us, the more we can tend to be biting and sarcastic and harsh and judgmental and condemning with our words. And so as we listen to James teach these early Christians, we learn the secret to life-giving words that lead to life-giving relationships. Go ahead and listen in with me in James chapter 3, and here's how it starts. He says, we all stumble in many ways. And it's sort of like, yeah, duh, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on, on, on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth, Come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh, fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Typically bold, sometimes harsh, over-the-top language from James, the brother of Jesus. Man, when he, when he has something to say, he is not afraid to say it and he does not pull any punches. And there's a couple things I want to point out about how the power of our words shapes the entire course of our life and what we see in this, in this passage from James. And here's the first thing. The first point, it's just kind of obvious, it's right there in the text, is that your mouth is powerful and destructive. The first part is that your mouth is powerful. James uses all these, these uh, word pictures from his world and things that he was familiar with and all of his readers were familiar with. And so he says, you know, a horse is a big creature, but you put a small little bit in its mouth and you can make it go wherever you want. A, a ship is a, a huge piece of construction, but just a tiny little rudder steers it. And your, your tongue works the same way. Your mouth works the exact same way. It's a small part, but it's powerful. It steers the course of your entire life. And if you've ever talked yourself into a job and you had a killer interview and with your words you you landed this step for the future of your life you know that your life is powerful or if you've ever popped off with your mouth and lost a job you know your mouth is powerful it is a small part with a big impact but your mouth is also according to James destructive you know James says it's like a, a small spark that lights a whole forest fire and words ha can have that same kind of impact. 
you, you don't have to say much to permanently ruin a relationship. You don't have to say much to permanently distance your kids from you. You don't have to say much to ruin your relationship with your boss. You don't have to say much to set on fire your relationship with your spouse. One well-timed comment that's meant to cut them right to the core of their soul. It can start a forest fire that never stops. And some of you dealt with this as children. And in your home, it was verbally abusive. They just lit a spark and you carried that with you your entire life. And they said, you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid. And one day you started saying to yourself, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, I'm stupid. They lit a spark and that fire has been burning in your life ever since. And you've been trying to overcome those words that were spoken to you because words are powerful and destructive. And we have to acknowledge that and face that if we want to live well with our words. But here's the second thing James points out. He wants us to know that our words are linked to our heart. James says, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? And when he says that, to me, that echoes Jesus. You realize that everything James is saying here about words is amplifying or echoing or explaining or applying what Jesus already said about words. In fact, I want to show you kind of where you hear the same kind of language from Jesus. It's in Matthew chapter 12. Jesus says, make a, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Isn't that amazing? And if you're wondering where James got that kind of like fire and brimstone, tell it like it is thing, Jesus had it too. So I wonder if that's what their home was like when they were growing up with Mary. But Jesus says the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So James is pointing out something so true and so obvious that we so often miss, which is this. If the words are coming out of you, it's because they were in you. Words are arrows that you fire from one heart into another. They come out of your heart and what you speak, even those powerful, destructive words, they are coming from your heart. And here's the third thing I want to point out. Your words reveal your need for God's help. Have you ever been in that place where you're like, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why did I speak that? If I could take that back, I would take that back a thousand times. I wish I had help with my words. Words reveal your need for God's help. James says this, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. And in Greek, perfect means something like not lacking anything. It means complete or mature or full grown. And so because no one is perfect with their words, it points you to your need for God's help with your words. I mean, Jesus said that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so if you need to change your words, it means you need to change your heart. And if you need to change your heart, it's like, well, how do I do that? That's like... God territory. That's, that's something I need God's help with because how, how do I change my heart? That's exactly the kind of thing God can do in you. And so your words cause you to say, man, I need God's help with what I say. Now you can know all of that about words. You can read everything James says and go, okay, okay, they're powerful and they're, they can be destructive and it's my words are reflecting my heart and I, I realize that I need God's help. 
and all of that's good. It's important to know that. But if you don't change the way you speak, it will not change your life. But if you change the way you speak, it will change your relationships and it will change the course of your whole life. And so if you only walk away and remember one thing today, remember this. I am responsible for my response. That's it. If I take responsibility for my responses, if I take responsibility for the words that come out of my mouth and I change the way that I speak, then my relationships will change and the course of my whole life will change. I am responsible for my response. Now I wanna give you a little illustration to help show this to you, but to do that, I'm gonna have to move into the kitchen for just a second. I'll be right back. Hey guys, welcome to my sister's kitchen. Uh, I could film a cooking show in here, but it would literally be the worst cooking show that has ever been filmed. So let's talk about words. You know, Jesus' point and James' point is that we are responsible for our response and that what we speak comes out of us. Did you know that the average person speaks 16,215 words a day? Now you've got your average, but here's what that means. 16,215, those words are coming out of us and they might be life-giving words. And so every time we speak, we pour a little into the people around us. And our words might be fun, they might be encouraging, they might be uplifting, it might be that we're positive and that we speak life and truth in people around us. Like James says, that we are never at fault in what we say, that we are perfect. Yeah, right. I don't know if you live like that. That's been a struggle for me. Or maybe when we look at the 16,215 words that we speak all the time, they are sarcastic. They're judgmental. They're harsh or demeaning that we put people down. You know, sarcasm has no place in families. We cut and we bite at people. Maybe there's yelling or discouragement that happens to our kids or our spouse. And when those things come out of us, most of us don't take responsibility for it. We practice the unholy trinity of unhealthy relationships. Ignore, deny, and blame. And so here's how that works. You speak disrespectfully to your spouse in public, but you don't even know that it happened because that's just what you grew up around. It felt normal to you. You ignore that it's even happening all while you're destroying your marriage. Or it could be that your boyfriend or girlfriend forgets about an important date, but you play the victim and say, if you really cared about me, you wouldn't do this to me. When they say, hey, listen, you know, you're being, you're, you're trying to make yourself the center of this, you're trying to make yourself the victim, you say, you're just insensitive to my needs and you're destructive with your words. Or how about this one? <laughs> your kids miss no personal experience here your kids misbehave and so instead of parenting them you yell at them oh man I've been guilty of this one this is a tough one and you you yell at them right at the moment when they most need to be parented and later if you feel a little bit guilty about it you start thinking to yourself and you think you know what if they didn't get so out of control then I wouldn't have to lose my temper and what you're doing is you are blaming them for the words that come out of your mouth. Ignore, deny, and blame. But Jesus says that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of and that those things wouldn't come out of us unless they were inside of us. So the temptation is to ignore, deny, and blame, but we must take responsibility for our responses. 
Okay, so I am responsible for my response. And I wanted to just end today by giving you four quick practical things that you could do to take responsibility for your response. And I'm gonna go through them really briefly and ask you to pick and say, hey, where do I need to focus so that I can do a better job of taking responsibility for my response in my relationships this week? Here's what they are. Number one, I admit and apologize when I'm wrong. That's the first way I can take responsibility for my response. The Bible actually calls this confession. Confession is just um, owning personal responsibility for my words and actions without excuse or shifting the blame. And the Bible says this, confess your sins to one another. It has nothing to do with getting into a little, a little booth and spilling your guts. It has everything to do with taking responsibility for your words. And you say, well, what if it's an, an employee? I admit and apologize. What if it's a kid? I admit and apologize. What if it was a long time ago? I admit and apologize. Maybe there's someone and you say, this is my next step. I need to take responsibility for my response by admitting and apologizing today. Or here's the second thing you can do. I ask God for help with my words. When you realize you've blown it, it can cause you to reach out to God for help and you realize, I can't do this on my own, I need him. Well, the Bible actually, in the Bible, there is, is a prayer to pray about your words. And I think this might be the most powerful next step that we're talking about today. Maybe this prayer from the words of the Bible about your words, you need to wake up and just pray it every morning this week. Let me share with you what it is. It says this, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. What if you woke up and prayed that prayer to God about your words every morning? I, do you think that might cause a change because you might start thinking about it? Absolutely. So fill out the online connection card and just check the box that says, I want to pray that prayer and we'll send you a little card in the mail that you can put on your mirror in your car or wherever it is so that you can remember to pray that prayer each morning. Make sure and fill out the online connection card for that. So I ask God for help with my words. Here's the third thing you can do to, to take responsibility for your response. I determine why my mouth was out of control. If you don't know why you said what you said, you have like 0% chance of actually fixing it. Lamentation says this, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. So maybe you've got to, you need to set aside time. You say, okay, I'm going to take 30 minutes to set aside to examine my words because it's not just about changing my habits. It's about changing my heart. And I'm going to ask myself, why did my fear spike out of proportion to what was happening? Why did my anger get so out of control? Why did I make up a story about your behavior that was the worst case scenario. And so I'm gonna determine why my mouth was out of control. And here's the last thing you can do. You can make a plan for next time. Because guess what? Next time is coming. If you live in a world with other people, so there's gonna be a moment where you have to control your mouth. So taking responsibility for my response means knowing next time is coming. James himself gives us a really powerful strategy on this from chapter one. He says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So quick to listen and slow to speak. So in other words, according to James, when you get ready to speak, ask another question. When you say, okay, I'm finally at the place where I'm ready to talk now, I've got something to say, ask another question because you need to listen twice as much as you speak, ask another question. That's a great plan from James. If you're not a Christian, try it. If you are a Christian, that's more of a, you need to try it, you gotta try it to follow the way of Jesus. But what is your plan? 
So which one of those four steps do you need to take this week? Do you need to ask God for help with your words? Do you need to admit and apologize to someone? Maybe God put that name in your mind. Maybe you need to set aside time to determine why your mouth was out of control or you need to make a plan for next time. But what step are you going to take to take responsibility for your response? You know, as we end here today, I want to encourage you with this thought. Your words are powerful and they will direct the course of your entire life. And that could be in a negative way, but it can also be in a positive way. But I also know that there are some of you watching here today that your words are out of control and you feel like, man, this is, this is good stuff. This is interesting stuff. I want to try some of this, but I've tried stuff like this before and it hasn't worked. You know, one of the reasons your words might be out of control and your relationships are crumbling as a result is because you haven't ever started that relationship with God and you haven't had that heart change happen that leads to mouth change happening. That's what happened in my life. My relationship with my mom was really tough when I was a teenager, but I came to faith and put my trust in in Jesus and started a relationship with God when I was about 17. And that really changed some things in our relationship. We have such an awesome relationship today because God changed my heart towards my mom. And so instead of judgmentalism and criticism and sarcasm, because sarcasm just has no place in families, God put it in my heart to love my mom, to respect her, and even to have some compassion for her. And so it really changed a lot in my life. Maybe that's the piece that's missing from your life. Your words are broken because your heart is broken. And God is the one who can fix that. You know, if he's calling you today, you can start a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, today. You just have to realize you have a need there. Realize you can't save yourself, you can't forgive your past, you can't guarantee heaven, and you don't have the power you need to change your words today, but God can do all of that for you. And so you come and put your faith in Jesus, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a second where you can put that faith into words. And then lastly, you're baptized. You plunge your past away to show that you're laying down your plan for your life and you're going to follow God's plan for your life. And if God's calling you today, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me right now to put that faith into words. Let's pray. Father, I'm sorry for the way that I've lived for myself and I'm sorry for the way that I've used my words. I have broken some serious relationships with my mouth. God, would you forgive me of my sin? God, I also know that I need you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross so that I could be forgiven. And I believe that he rose from the dead and I want to follow him. I want him to be the leader of my life. God, would you forgive my past? Would you you give me heaven as my home and give me the power that I need to change today? I want to live for you. And I pray that you would change my words and give me the Holy Spirit, the power I need to change. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you prayed that prayer today, congratulations. You've started a relationship with God, and it is life-changing. Let us know on the connection card. We ask every person to fill it out every week. We change the connection card so that you can put your prayer requests right there on the card too so that we can be praying for you. All right, next week we're going to finish our series in James on Triumph Through Trials. We're going to be talking about the kinds of 
the, the three keys to prayers that God answers. And if you've ever had a prayer in your life that you said, man, I wish God would answer this, but it's just not happening. Make sure you listen next week so that we can talk about the keys to answered prayer. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Church, go and be blessed by the Father in heaven who speaks good words of blessing over you. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that throughout the service, you were able to learn, grow, and be strengthened in your faith. If this was helpful for you, consider inviting a friend to join you online next week through a text message before the service starts. Before you go, we'd like to remind you to fill out the online connection card so we can stay connected throughout the week. If you're not sure about your relationship with God, we want you to know that God loves you and has an incredible plan for your life. If you want to learn more about starting a relationship with God, click the button for prayer requests and one of our hosts will be with you. Thank you so much for joining us and we hope to see you next week. May God continue blessing you and showing you more of his love, presence, and grace.